How many of you brought your Bible with you this morning? If you do, take your Bible, put it in your hand, hold it up. If you don't, take your telephone or wherever you have the scripture. Let's repeat this after me. This is my Bible. I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. And I have what he says I can have. Today I boldly confess. I will receive the word of God. And my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, take those Bibles where it'll be on the screen we are going to be reading from Hebrews 11, verse 1, 3, and 6. And if you're able, please stand with me as we read the word of God this morning. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly or diligently seek him. Luke chapter 1 and verse 45, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. The name of the message this morning is, Do You Believe? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray for your anointing to deliver it. I pray for open ears and open hearts to receive it. And God, I thank you that your presence is here and we shall be changed Jesus, in your name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So, did you catch some of those words in the scriptures that we read this morning? Substance, evidence, con confidence, worlds framed by words. Mm, I like that one. Your reality framed by words. Believe and fulfillment. I think God is telling us something here as we look at these scriptures. I find it in, very interesting when I look through different stories in the word of God that, that God offers just like jaw-dropping, crazy, wild, amazing things to his children. Amen. And if we will have faith to claim it, to grab it, receive it, and believe it, we will have the fulfillment of it. And so I'm wondering for you, as we think about this new year, what are you believing God for? Come on, somebody. What are you believing God for? We just went through Christmas, and that makes me think about Mary. Let me talk about Mary just for a moment. There is Mary. She is living a quiet and unassuming life. She's kind of uh, doing her thing in inner city Nazareth. When she is visited by this monster, like boss angel, 
And Pastor Chase talked about angels a few weeks ago, and he said kind of the first thing anybody, an angel says to someone when they make a visitation is, don't be afraid. And it's the same in this story, too. She's visited by this amazing angel, and the angel brings a message to Mary, and he basically tells Mary three things. Okay, first of all, he says, you have favor. You have favor favor, Mary. You have caught and captured the heart of God, and when his eyes were looking to and fro to use someone, he landed on you. You have favor. God chooses you. And then the next thing that the angel tells her is that you're going to be the mother of the Savior of the world. I mean, that's no small thing, right? Hey, by the way, you know, the the Savior of the world that we've all been waiting for and the prophets have been talking about for over 400 years, you're going to be the mother of the Savior. Wow. Are you kidding? And then the third thing he says is, by the way, this is not going to happen in any natural way. It's not going to happen because of anything that you can do. It's going to be supernatural. It's going to be God's super uh, on your natural. And not, not only that, we don't even need your natural. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you, and that's how it's going to happen. I mean, she might have just thought, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. But Mary actually does something equally ridiculous. She believes. She says, okay, let's do this, God. She believes God. In fact, as we read the scripture, Luke 1.45, that is actually a quote from her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth makes note of this crazy faith that Mary has because she says, girl, you are blessed because you were willing to believe what God said to you. You were willing to believe that there would be a fulfillment of what God said. Because, see, my husband, Zachariah, he can't talk right now (laughs) uh, because he didn't believe. And if you know the scripture story, you'll know they got an equal promise, uh, same kind of visitation from an angel. And Zachariah said, I don't know how's this going to happen. Well, believe this. You're not going to talk until it comes to pass because we're not going to let words come out of your mouth. They're going to undo what God says is going to happen. So Elizabeth notes for Mary, blessed are you because you believed. And and so that just has me thinking, what would happen for us, church family? What would happen if we just had that kind of crazy faith that we would believe God for what he says in his word? But sometimes, not always, but sometimes we act a little bit more like Sarah than we do Mary. Now you might be saying, who is Sarah? Well, Abraham and Sarah had a similar visitation from an angel as well. And the patriarch Abraham had this amazing visit from an angel. And while he's outside talking to the angel, Sarai sneaks up to the edge of the tent She puts her ear to the tent, and she's eavesdropping on a conversation between Abe and the angel. 
And then she hears the angel say, Sarah's going to have a baby. And what does Sarah do? She goes, yeah, right. Where'd you get this angel? Did you get this? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then she even says, now that I'm old. Well, let's listen to the story here in Genesis 18. Abraham and Sarah were old. Thank you, God. Advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have this pleasure? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too difficult for God? At the appointed time, I will return to you, and about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. So Abraham goes in, and Sarah says, I didn't laugh. <laughs> this is what the scripture says. She said, I didn't laugh, for she was afraid. And then he said, no, you did laugh. And so we see this little argument amongst couples. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. <laughs> I must admit that sometimes in my past, I used to be a little bit more Sarah than Mary. Just a little. With cynicism, we say, oh, no, that's not going to happen. God's not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Impossible. That's not what God means. I must be full of myself to believe that. Who do I think I am? My goodness, what did I even eat last night? I had this crazy dream, and no, we don't believe God. We don't believe the word. We don't even give ourselves a moment of reflection. We're not even sure we know God's voice. And so we dismiss it. But would you consider, has God spoken to you about something? Has he? Would you be willing to think about that, that maybe you have heard his plan? that maybe you have heard his voice, and that maybe, just maybe, God is about to do something supernatural yes. in your life. How many times have we dismissed the whisper of God and we say no? Instead of understanding how to grab something by faith, we don't even give it the time. Why don't we? Because I'm going to give you three Three quick reasons why I think sometimes we dismiss. And the first one is because we protect our hearts. Have you ever been disappointed in God before? It isn't that God did something wrong. It's just that you had an expectation that your God was going to do this for you, and it didn't come out just like that. So you turned loose of your faith maybe right before you were going to get your breakthrough. We deny in our mind, and that denial is really fear, dressed up like logic. Oh, God doesn't do that. God doesn't work like that anymore. Um, you know, and, and don't believe, be careful. Don't get too crazy out there because, you know, God is sovereign and he may not do that. And if you're wrong, you'll be a fool. And what if God, you know, doesn't come through that way? And so we protect our heart. And I believe that we do that way too often. I believe that instead of being radical with our faith, way too often we take it, play it safe. Come on, somebody. 
we play it safe because we don't want to embarrass God to the world. And so we just shrink back and say, what do we read in Hebrews 11, verse 6? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Believe and please God. Believe God and please God. Wait, what? Wait, you mean believe God, do a lot of works, pray three times a day, tithe, give your money, serve, and then you please God. Now you do all that anyway. Believe and please God. That, that's the equation. Believe God and you please God. It's so good. It's just like almost better than good. <laughs> Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. He is not the son of man that he should change his mind. He has said it and he will do it. He has spoken and he will fulfill it. Uh, the second reason why sometimes we don't use faith is because we truly don't believe. You see, what happens to us is that we have unbelief and doubt. We have a lot of unbelieving believers walking around. And we have a lot of believing unbelievers, if you know what I mean. Sometimes we forget to be spiritual. We forget to be supernatural. We forget to be believers. We come to, we come to Christ, and that's such a miracle, and our life is transformed, and, and then we just stop walking in the supernatural ways of God. And we say like this, I don't see it. There's no way. Can I just tell you that everything, didn't the Bible tell us? We just read it in Hebrews. Everything that is seen was made from something that was not visible. Everything that you see was created twice, first in the heavenly realm and then in the natural realm. Everything that you will receive from God will be created twice, once in your spirit of vision and then once in the natural realm. I remember one time I was in a singing studio. I was recording an album, and I was standing there, and I was singing, and I had a really high note, and um, I was in a, a basement studio, you know, those kind where you go, I pray nobody knows that this recording happened down here. <laughs> there were mattresses on the wall and things for soundproofing, and, and I'm in there, my producer's there, and I'm singing, and I hit this high note, right, and all of a sudden it was like, there was like some kind of offering from heaven or something. So, I looked up, my producer looked up, I looked at him, my producer looked at me, I looked down, my producer looked down, and there was this little mouse staggering <laughs> on the floor as if, as if the rest of the mouse group up there said, let's sacrifice little Fifle because maybe she'll <laughs> shut up if we, if we get this little... But all I know is that there was a world that existed that I knew not of. There was like a whole thing going on. I didn't want to know of this world. I looked at him. I'm like, you know, and, 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 but I began to believe that, you know what? I believe that it was my giving thanks and singing to God that brought the provision. <laughs> I just want to tell you that, that just because you see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. 
just because you can't, you can't put your natural eyes on it doesn't mean that God isn't about ready to drop. So he's just waiting for you to hit that note. He's just waiting for you to say, God, I thank you that you're going to do exactly what you said you were going to do. I believe you, God. And just get that unbelief out of your life. Get that, get that doubt out of your life. Get that caution out of your life because we use caution as an excuse to just be mediocre and lack, lackadaisical and lukewarm. And so sometimes we don't reach for God. Jesus said to his disciples in John, he said, blessed are you who believe without seeing. You believe. And we say, you know, when I see it, I'll believe it. But you know how the kingdom of God is, is when you believe it, you will see it. And the third reason why we don't grab onto faith is because we don't understand faith. We don't understand that God is inviting us to be audacious. Come on, somebody say audacious. Faith is the assurance. I like how the Amplified Version says it. Faith is the title deed of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Faith says, I know I will not see it in the natural until I catch it with the vision of my heart. And so today, in the time remaining that we have, I want to offer you three statements that I believe are going to be true for you in 2022 if you want to believe, if you claim it, you can accept it, or you can laugh, Sarah, but it's up to you. Because <laughs> I really am here today just to starve your fear and to feed your faith. That's my goal today, just to feed our faith. That we would be people of God that walk around in the supernatural realm, expecting God to do what he said he would do, what he said he would, I don't have to guess. He said, if I delight myself in him, he'll give me the desires of my heart. Yeah. What, do you th- what do you think that means, folks? Does that, does that mean he'll just grant to us what we desire? Or does that mean if I delight myself in him, he'll put in me desires? So when he puts in me the desires of, he'll give me desires in my heart. So when I have desire in my heart that lines up with the word of God, I can be audacious with faith knowing God intends to see that come to pass in my life. Does anybody have a white Kleenex? Can I have a white Kleenex right there just for a moment? Oh, good. Praise God. excuse, Excuse me just a minute. Hang on. Hallelujah, Pastor Don. Amen. Preach it. That is such good preaching. Okay, sorry. I just had to do. I just had to do what you had, what you were supposed to be doing. Okay, we're just gonna have fun here today. Okay, here's three things I want to announce. Three things to you. I know I'm not like a boss angel, but you know I am like just like a redheaded preacher, and you can you can take it. So here's the first thing I want to say to you in 2022, if you'll believe it, you have favor with God. Supernatural blessing, favor. You are set apart. God favors you. Mary had to have the faith to accept that. She really did. May it be unto me as you have said. 
Do you know what that's called? That's called humility. Humility, by definition, means that we agree with God. If God says, you are awesome in this place, humility says, yes, God. Now, we resist that. We don't like that. We want false humility. Oh, I'm not anything. Like, tell me how to pronounce your name, sister. Leasa. Say Leasa. That would powerful anointing. Oh, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. No, thank you. And then you give that rose to God and say, God, thank you for letting my voice be used to bring you glory. God favors you. I'm sure that there were other candidates, maybe better looking, maybe more wealthy, maybe more educated, in a higher echelon. I'm sure that there were others, married women, perhaps. Here's Mary, a single, poor girl, getting ready to be married, has nothing, and God says, you're the one I want. I want to unfold a magnificent plan in your life. And she could have said, who am I? And maybe that's where we go wrong. Who am I? Oh, no, God, I, you don't want to do that. You know, I, I, I don't want to presume on you, God. I'm just, willing to, I'm just willing to receive whatever you have for me. I think that sounds really um, spiritual, and I think in some ways that, that, that's an appropriate posture. I'm not here to say that it's not, but just think if, if you had a spouse or a child and you said, Honey, I want to bless you, what would you? Oh, no, no, I don't deserve anything. I'm just, I just want to lay on this sackcloth and ashes. I am just, I am just thankful. Yeah, I know you are, but I have a treasure house full of things that I want you to have. You tell me what you want. Oh, no, 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 no. I couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly. I'm not worthy. That, you know, that's not, I, I just want to tell you that God wants us to be more audacious. He truly does. I'm trying to bring it. Listen, here's what, thank you. Here's what, here's what Psalm 8 says. Psalm 8 says he's mindful of us. Luke 12 says he has numbered the hairs on our head. Isaiah 43 says, do not fear. You are mine. I have you. I got you, boo. I got this. I want to let you know this year, I'd like to encourage you to live knowing you are favored by God and release yourself from false humility and unworthiness and I'm not good enough. Can I just tell you those are whispers from the enemy? Because as long as he can keep you stuck right there, you will not have the audacity to reach for what God has for you. You will never rise above the esteem that you place on yourself. If you think your price tag and your worth, instead of saying priceless, unlimited, a million dollars, one of a kind, masterpiece, special edition, if it doesn't say that, if it says Ali Oops sale, does anybody remember the Ali Oops sale? <laughs> <laughs> I just gave my age away. If it's a scratch and dent or as is or something's broken and that's, that's how you go through life, guess who's going to buy you? Guess who's going to choose you? You're going to just attract that in your life. You're going to attract more than that. But if you walk around saying, you know, I know I'm favored of God and because I'm favored of God, my head is up, my shoulders are back. 
And I, I, I'm, I'm able to be a witness for him. I'm, I'm able to carry this mantle of blessing and provision and prosperity and anointing because I'm God's messenger. I know it's not about me. We're way beyond that. It's about God. But see, glorify yourself through me. How does he do that? You're going to shine when he glorifies himself through you. I hate to tell you, you will shine. You can't help but shine. He's not going to glorify himself while you're in the doghouse and the mat in the corner in the back in the basement, in the barn and the booth in the corner in the dark. <laughs> Two, here's the second thing I want to tell you. God wants to do something supernatural and extraordinary, extraordinary in your life. Now, when I tell you that, the first thing that many of us go to is how. And Mary did that too. She said, how's this going to happen? Uh, she didn't say it in, in an attitude. She just said, okay, all right, what do we got to do? How am I going to, what should I do? If she would have said it like Zacharias, she would have gotten the same results as Zacharias. But do you know that how is not our problem? Yes. It's not our issue. It's the what if we say, God, I believe this year in my life you want to do this, and I am going to agree with you that you want to do this, and I'm going to claim it, and I'm going to speak it out loud, and I'm going to make the vision clear, and I'm going to put it on tablets. Yeah. Yeah. The how is not my responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. The how is God's. Yeah. And when I need to know it, he'll bring it to me. So, you know, here's the thing. Some people do. They want to hear from God, and so they, they stay stagnant. I'm not taking a step till I hear from God. I'm going to hear from God. I'm going to hear from God. But, but God says, man, I want you to take a step. Just begin to move forward in what you feel. Because when you move forward, yeah. a couple things change. Well, first of all, when I move forward, guess what changes? My perspective changes. Yeah. So I, I couldn't see that from here. But when I move forward here, oh, I could see that. My proximity changed. I'm closer to someone I needed to connect to. When I was over here, I couldn't see you, nor was I connected to you. But now my perspective and my proximity changes. And guess what? So does my progress. Because if nothing happens, at least I'm here, and I'm here, and I'm here. Have you ever done something and you go, that was just a stepping stone that got me to here? And, and if I would have been... So God is waiting for us to move forward. He wants to do something supernatural in our life. He, he really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the how is up to him. Mary received an incredible, almost ridiculous, we said unbelievable word from God. But the Holy Spirit was the one who was going to do it. And then three, I want to tell you that this year God's going to heal your bitterness. Her name was Sarai. And that means quarrelsome. <laughs> and, and if you think about when I research in the Hebrew and I look at all of that, it, there was also a meaning that we, it was called barren mountain. Wife of Abraham, barren mountain. How would you like that spoken over your life every time? Hey, quarrelsome, barren mountain. Dinner's ready. That, that, that. That's, that was the label that she wore. And what made her bitter was an unfulfilled dream. She was unfulfilled. She was disappointed because she was childless. 
And in fact, that's the very first thing that we learn about her when the Bible opens up and says, and now here's Abraham and Abraham's wife. Her name was Sarai because she was barren and without children. That's how she was defined. And that brought much pain to her life. And yet, if you read Genesis 18, as we did this morning, and we see the story, and then you flip back to Hebrews 11, where we are also this morning, we're going to see that we get the end of the story. Yes. And the end of the story, Hebrews says, by faith, well, let me, let me see if I've got it written down. I want to read it so I get it to you right. Do I have it right? By faith, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child though she was barren and was too old. Thank you for adding that, God. Um, she believed that God would keep his promise. Um, okay, hang on, just in case I'm just kind of a little confused, because like when we read Genesis 8, she was sneaky. She was quarrelsome. She lied. She scoffed at God. But, but she's in the hall of faith? Like, what happened between here and here? Well, God changed her name before she had the baby. She went from bitter, quarrelsome to princess. And she lived into that name. And she then had her dream fulfilled. God wants to heal your bitterness. God doesn't want you walking around with the pain of the past, announcing your brokenness, announcing where you were, or what hurt you, or how this went on, and what the... God wants to rename you. He wants you to believe you are who he says you are. Several years ago, I went to a church. I was broken. I was devastated. I needed to hear from God. And I heard there was going to be this musician that I loved. I don't know if you've ever heard of Kim Clement, you guys, but heard that he was going to be there. And so I went, and I was sitting just in the back, and nobody knew I was there. And I'm just praying to God. And he's singing and prophesying. It was amazing. And then there was this dude that sat on the front row. And I think he was like six, seven, and he had overalls on and a long beard and a flannel shirt and kind of feel like I'm describing you right there, my brother. <laughs> and, and, and he got up, and, you know, Kim Clement is singing opera and, you know, Jewish, like, all this beautiful, you know, and then this guy gets up, and he's, he's going to sing a song. And I'm looking at him, and he's making me a little nervous, and he goes, I am who he says I am, I am. I'm like, oh, no, no, sit down. You need to be seated. This is embarrassing. And he kept going, I am who he says I am, I am. And he starts stomping, right? I am who he says I am. I am. And then he sits down. And then Kim Clement takes over again. I'm like, well, that was very weird. So the next day, I'm on my way home, and I'm driving home, and I'm just reflecting all that God's doing, and I'm, what, what, what? 
I'm singing Paul Bunyan's song. And I'm singing, I am. And all of a sudden, I'm singing it, and I break into tears. I am who you say I am, God. Wait, what? I've been living like I am who you say I am. I've been living like I am who I say I am. Broken, flawed, broken, not enough. Overlooked, rejected, despised, cast away. That's how I'm living. What am I doing? I'm the truest thing about me is I am who, who you say I am. God, you sang it and spoke it this morning. So God began to heal the bitterness. And God wants to heal us of our bitterness because time is short. And we can't have the fulfillment of the promise if we're trapped in the prison of pain and bitterness. Amen. So I'll leave you with a challenge this morning. I'm going to ask Philip if he'll come, and we're going to close up in just a moment. I'm going to leave you with some practicals. Very quickly, I want you to choose to believe God, and I want you to choose something very specific that's in your heart. I want you to take a step of faith and write it down. Doesn't that even feel courageous as I say it? Like, right? That takes faith to write it down. Write the vision down, because until you write it down, it's just a wish, it's a dream, but you write it on the tablet, you make it clear, you make it plain, then God says, that's a vision, and without one, you'll perish. So write it down. And I want you to put the desires of your heart on that paper. I want you to recite it twice a day. I want you to visualize yourself receiving it. And I want you to live as though you have what you've asked for. I asked the team if they would just close with the song. It's not been practiced, but I, I just feel like there are many of us here who feel like Sarah. Like I've been around this mountain before. <laughs> Pastor Don, you're asking me to believe, and that's so scary. I don't know if I dare dream. I've had a lot of dreams come crashing down. You're asking me to write some things down. Nobody knows this is in my heart. I don't dare even, e even utter it. But that's what God says for us to do. So it, I'm going to encourage us this morning to make kind of a, a declaration, a prayer, a moment, a memorial as we start 2022. Don't you live this year without a vision? Don't you live this year without a dream? Don't you live this year without goals written, presented before the Father? Don't you live this year just bouncing from one thing to another without a strategic plan to say, my steps are ordered by God and I thank you every day, Jesus, that I will receive what you promise. Amen.